right, welcome back to the EDBC podcast. Eric Dobratz and Brian Coleman talking football. Eddie Van Halen, as you heard, eruption coming into this podcast. And uh, Brian and I will spend some time on that a little later in the show. But we're going to start with the NFL Week 5. Crazy. And we're going to start with the Giants-Cowboys, I think, because it's the freshest thing. We're taping this at quarter of eight on a Sunday night. The game just ended. Cowboys won, but lose their quarterback. Brian, give me your instant reaction from a really uh, roller coaster ride. Yeah, crazy game. Yeah, you're right. Cowboys win a game. They, they needed to win. Uh, you know, they were 1-3. Giants were 0-4. Giants looked like they had a shot at their first victory. Didn't happen. We'll get to that in a minute because the Giants seem to have like one of these or two of these every year. Uh, but the bigger thing for the Cowboys, but also for the league, because it always sucks when this happens to a, 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 um, a high-profile quarterback. Dak Prescott in the third quarter trying to stiff-arm a safety. Uh, gets a uh, really gruesome ankle injury. You knew it was bad because Dak himself started pointing to the bench immediately and putting to his foot. Yep. I don't know when they get the card out that fast, you know what happened. You know it's bad because they know that it's, you know, it's not something they can even limp off with. The report right now, and again, uh, Chris Mortensen and Adam Schefter are both tweeting this right now that it, uh, he's having it's at least a broken or dislocated ankle because he's going to have ankle surgery tonight. It was sideways, uh, sideways. When he was sitting yeah. on the field. You know, it's one of those things I'll be doing my 10 and 11 o'clock newscast tonight. And, and I, I actually wonder sometimes, do you actually show it? Part of me wants to just show him being carted off. Do I need to show that injury? That's how much it bothered me. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, I hear you. Same with me. You hate to see those. Uh, so you obviously think he's out for the, out for the season. That's obviously bad for the Cowboys. Yep. who have some playoff aspirations. But, oh, again, it just it stinks for the league. Yep. Um, I know there's a lot of Cowboys haters out there. I don't blame you. Um, if I wasn't a fan, I'd hate them. But it just – when the league loses big – when the league loses marquee quarterbacks or they lose good young quarterbacks, the games just suck. And so, like, next week, you know, instead of getting a nice Monday night football game with Kyler Murray against Dak, you got Kyler Murray against Andy Dalton. Nothing against Andy Dalton, you know. As backup goes, you could do worse, but you're losing those marquee matchups, so that sucks. Giants uh, are now 0-5. Cowboys are 2-3. Yeah. And you know what? The Cowboys are a couple plays away from being 0-5, to be honest with you. But they're not. It's a win is a win is a win. So the Giants are 0-5. Cowboys uh, 2-3. But Prescott, obviously, the big story, the injury. The other big story, the NFL today, I think we got to talk about is the Patriots game. Uh, they changed the date of the game from today to tomorrow, which would be Monday. And now they're postponed until next week because another player tested positive this morning for the Patriots. Yeah. And just to piggyback back off of that. And I'm not, I'm going to preface by saying this. I'm not going to read all the schedule changes. If no. you're an NFL fan, dude, go on, find, you know, You'll figure it out. You'll find go out. Yeah. Figure it out. If your team's involved, go do some research because they made several game scheduling changes in the middle of the day today, in the middle of a game of a Sunday afternoon game day. Um, so there's a bunch of changes, changes, but you're right. The Patriots aren't playing this week. It's going to be weird. And we you can't assume they're going to play next week. They keep having positive COVID tests. I don't know what's going to happen. It's unprecedented what's, what's going on. Uh, 24 now for the Tennessee Titans, 24th positive test. 24th positive. And they, we're still told they're going, again, we're taping this on a Sunday night. We're still told they're going to play Tuesday night. I mean, okay, it remains to be seen. Yeah. But, you know, it goes back to what hurts the league. And I know it's, there's more important things in the world, obviously. And anybody with COVID, even these young athletes, it's really it's scary as hell. So we hope everyone's safe. We hope everyone stay, uh, stays relatively healthy if they've been diagnosed with it. 
at the same time, you know, no Patriots, that hurts the league. So it's just weird. It's odd. And I don't know, man. Uh, Listen, the cases are going up around the country. So it's only going to happen in these sports leagues. I mean, and these guys are doing the best they can to stay in their own bubbles, but you know, it is what it is. We're all going to be dealing with this for months. And I don't mean to overreact to this. And I don't, maybe this sounds like a grouchy old man take, but you know, and I just saw it again at the end of the, uh, the Dallas, New York giant game, all these um, things being taken, you know, masked, you know, if you don't coaches can be fined or suspend, or there could be suspensions for coaches that talk to the refs if they don't have their masks pulled up at the end of these games, nothing has changed, Eric. Nope. Everybody's high-fiving. The coaches are shaking hands. Guys are hugging each other, back-slapping. You know, I know it's not the same thing, but maybe maybe the kids are doing it better. Like when my kids finish a soccer game, they do their cheers by all standing apart. And instead of them, you know, the good game, good game hand claps, they shout three cheers and shout to the other sideline. Like what what are we doing that these teams can't – and I just – even if it, even if it's like the risk is minimal, can we just reduce that that much more by saying when the game is over and the whistle blows – Go to your damn locker rooms, okay? Everyone's got a cell phone. Text everybody about, hey, good game, guys. I'll see you down the road. I mean, nobody, and then nobody says anything. Eric, am I wrong? Am I being? Am I just ranting? No, you're not being wrong. And the in some youth sports, I was covering a uh, game today in the softball game. Softball game at the end of the game, the two teams kind of wave to each other from opposing third baseline, first baseline, congratulate each other. My kids' hockey games, they get on the opposite blue lines, yeah. tap their sticks on the ice. So yes, it is very easy to do. Some habits are harder to break than others. I will say. I guess that's the best way to describe it. Yeah. Okay. My th- then we'll move on because we had a lot to talk about. We, we there's a lot going on this week. We want to get to it all. Yeah. I will just say this: if you can start, uh, if you can start threatening fines and suspensions and even maybe a loss of draft picks to organizations who don't clamp down down on and, and do the best with the COVID restrictions, you can figure it away in about five minutes to send out a mandate that says, guys, at the end of the game or the end of the half or whatever, go to your locker rooms. Well, how about the league just put some people on the field that keeps them apart? I think we can do that too. You know, it's easy. Yeah, you mentioned there's a lot going on today. Uh, this this week has been crazy. Um, quickly in the NFL, if you want to stay with that for a minute, the Browns are 4-1 for the first time since 1994 when a guy named Bill Belichick was the head coach and Nick Staven was the defensive coordinator. They win Those guys were stiffs. Yeah, you know what I mean? The Raiders upset the uh, defending champion. I had the Raiders in this game. I love the Raiders in this game for some reason. I love Gruden talking about how they turned the ball over too much. And I thought the Chiefs had been playing with fire for a few weeks now, and they were due for a loss. It was at home. But, again, without the 80,000 screaming fans at these games, I think it's more difficult to dissect. But those were kind of two headlines for me. The Browns are 4-1 and one, uh, and the Raiders upset the Chiefs. Anything else jump out of you? Uh, the Ravens are still the Ravens. Um, I know they lost to Kansas City, but they're still really good. Um, I know that, you know, not a super you – know, played – uh, Cincinnati, Joe Burrow had a rough day. He looked like a rookie today from what I saw. So that was kind of tough. So, But Baltimore still looks like they're Baltimore. And very quietly, and they had to hang on. It was got a little tight there in the fourth quarter when Philadelphia got within a touchdown. They got it to within eight points. Very quietly, Steelers are 4-0, dude. They are. I, I like them this week. I also like the Dolphins for some reason. You know, I think it's tough when you're an odds maker, not to spend a lot of time on the gambling side of it, but without the fans in these stadiums, you know, Miami's going across the country to San Francisco. And for some reason, I just thought the line, they end up winning 43 to 17. Garoppolo's pulled the, the half coach's decision, but those were just a couple of the headlines that, you know, the Jets are still the Jets. They're not going to win a game this year. Joe Flacco started a quarterback. Um, that, those are really all the stunners for me or things of interest, I would say. You know, I'm, we, we're, we're both in agreement. We both liked uh, 
the Dolphins getting they were an eight and a half point dog on the road at San Fran this week. Uh, um, but we've we've talked to them about them the last few weeks. How at least well coached. We, we, they're they're well coached and they're competent. They were better than competent. They were looking really good today. Um, I did like somebody. It was one of the somebody on defense. One of the defensive players this week. This week, and I think it was during the Steelers game. Uh, I think inter- got an interception or a turnover, and he does that thing. I don't even. Know. I'm not sure a player it is. All I know is he, it was a visit. No, I'm wrong. It was a visiting player, and he got a turnover, and he did that thing where he makes a swishing sound with his finger, like yeah. you know, to quiet the crowd. But it was an empty stadium. <laughs> I, love, I, I love that. I screwed up the story, but I love that. Doesn't work as well. Seahawks, Vikings tonight. Uh, Chargers, Saints are Monday night. Uh, Bills, Titans are Tuesday night. You know, if they can get that game in. You know, earlier in the week, the Bears beat the Buccaneers. Tom Brady, you know, didn't know what down it was, despite the fact in his post game said he did. But that, again, this is why people hate Tom Brady. Hey, you know what? The old Animal House line, I effed up. You trusted it. You know what I mean? You made a mistake, yeah. Tom. Admit it. You know, you got six rings. You get, you know, you're not getting benched. Yeah, I mean, screwed up. So what? You lost on a Thursday night in Chicago. People forget about it. Yeah, I, I, I was mistaken. Sorry. Walk away. My, uh, my mistake. Falcons lost again to the Panthers. I, I just kept waiting for, hey, they got to win one of these weeks. But uh, reports circulating that Dan Quinn will be fired, their head coach. You mentioned the Ravens. Texans get a win with for Romeo Cornell, which I love that game as well. I think you did also. Yep. You mentioned the Cardinals-Jets. That was a layup game. That was an easy one. Rams, same thing against Washington. Um, yeah, those that was the, the big headlines from the NFL. But another week in the books. And listen, yeah. coronavirus or not, they're going to plow through these games because that's what the league's going to do. They're not going to turn down this money if they have to take, uh, you know, they're going to do everything they can to get every game. A lot of money and a lot of money and a lot of viewers and a lot of demand. And, you know, I'm sorry, baseball or even the NBA or some of these other sports. If there's no NFL for a month, people will notice. And it's I know this, I know it's not important in the grand scheme of life. Yeah. But man, that's why I'm cynical about it. Even if there's a big outbreak, they're, they're, they'll shut the whole thing down completely. We should circle back to Washington quickly. That's a pretty nondescript game, but something that happened in that game, which is really, really amazing. If you followed the story over the last couple of years of Alex Smith, who had a severe leg injury, he broke his leg about almost coming up almost three years ago. I think it'll be three years ago this November uh, next month. He had a lot of complications with that surgery, uh, and you can he has painted a big story on it. If you want to Google it. He, he, he was not in a, he was in a situation where forget about losing his leg. Uh, he was in a life-threatening situation for a while. It's really scary and horrifying when you read it just because of infection and they couldn't get the infection under control. It's really bad. And he worked all the way back. He was not the starter today, but he was active for the first game for the first time in three years. Uh, their quarter, their regular starting quarterback got hit early in the game, had to go out. Alex Smith comes in and plays pretty well. Actually got sacked four times and stayed, but yet stayed in the game. So, I mean, that's amazing. I don't, know Alex is, I don't know if he should still be playing football, especially with like a wife and kids, but damn, man. I mean, hats off to him coming all the way back and getting back on a real NFL field. Absolutely right. And one of those stories, again, you can watch it, look it up. ESPN did a whole uh, story about it on one of their magazine shows. Uh, yeah. Great, great stuff. Go watch it. Um, and if the guy never takes it, if this was his last snap, if he's the backup the rest of the way and he doesn't play another snap the rest of the season or the rest of his life, it's just that he was on there for a little while today and, and was able to walk off. He made it back. I mean, good good for you, man. Yeah. Hey, listen, uh, we're going to end our first segment with that. You know, we got uh, Major League Baseball playoffs. The Yankee season is over. A former great Yankee pitcher passed away last week, which we're going to talk about as well. NBA Finals, Eddie Van Halen, and then uh, a couple of birthdays and maybe a little something else here and there. But first, we're going to take a quick timeout while you uh, 
do one of these great ad reads that you've become so fabulous at, Brian. Oh, thank you. Hey, all's well. Allswellhome.com. It's where you can find a mattress at a great price and get a good night's sleep every night. Well, good news for you if you like to save stuff like money. Now through Friday, October 16th, take 30% off Allswell's Fall Worthy Favorites Collection or take 15% off Lux and Supreme mattresses. Either way, use the code FALLFAVES, that's all capital letters and all one word, FALLFAVES at allswellhome.com. Those fall faves include uh, decorative pillows, stone wash towels, stone wash waffle throws, uh, uh, geo blankets, uh, organic blankets, all types of stuff. Uh, duvet cover sets. I know you're always in the uh, market for a good duvet cover, so check it out, Eric. Yes. And yeah, again, allswellhome.com. Go on the EDBC podcast this week. Click on the link. Enter in that promo code. Start doing some shopping. Save some money. It's fall. You know, get in the right frame of mind. And give our show a little up too when you use that link on the EDBC podcast. Allswellhome.com. Sleep well, save money. All right, we're going to move on to the Major League Baseball playoffs. Again, we got a ton of stuff to talk about, so I don't want to spend a lot of time on it. We should do a uh, postseason, maybe after the World Series, we do a baseball postmortem and talk about our teams going forward because I'm sure there's going to be a lot of news in the offseason. But Yankees losing the playoffs. Listen, uh, only thing I'll say about that is the team is flawed. I've been saying it for three years. They're too right handed, they're too all or nothing. They either hit home runs or strike out. And that is not a combination for success in the playoffs. And it proved itself again. Yankees allowed three runs in the final two games of their series against the Rays and lost. Much like against last year against the Rays and other years past, you need guys that can hit the ball. And I hate Major League Baseball and the direction it's going because it's all or nothing. The games are too long and no one wants to make contact anymore. And I will not be watching the Rays Astros, which is on tonight. I don't care. Uh, I don't really care. I care a little bit because um, I've sort of adopted the Rays as my, as like, if I have a team that I'm going to root for in this, because I don't like the Dodgers or the Astros or um, uh, who, or, or especially hate the Braves. So um, I might check it in, check it out. But, you know, I get what you're saying about the Yanks, Yanks being a flawed team. And there's a lot of truth to that. Um, you know, great regular season team, but yeah, they, it's not just so much that they're flawed, but they also run into good pitching. And good pitching will beat good hitting, especially when you have pitching depth. But here's Tampa Bay. Gonna, here's where I'm going to fight you off on that. The Yankees don't have good hitting. Okay, well, okay. You you mean you're saying as you don't want to see all home runs, you don't want to see all or nothing power. I agree. Good pitching beats good hitting. That's the oldest, absolutely 100 percent right. But the Yankees had good pitching in this series and still lost because they couldn't get a clutch hit. I'd say they don't have versatility in the lineup. If you want to say that if that's if we're splitting hairs and what that means you don't have good hitting, that's fine. Um, I mean, the batting averages on this team were the 240s. I mean, you got guys hitting in the 100s. I mean, it's just it's, it's too a fair right point. Too right-handed, and it's been that way for four years now. They let go of Didi Gregorius, who was a left-handed stick. Again, Brett Gardner's 36 years old, playing left left field, left-handed. He had a great postseason. Giancarlo Stan, you cannot complain about the guy. He had six home runs. You don't like them standing there in the last inning looking at three pitches down the middle. That will drive you nuts if you're a fan of any team. But, again, the team is flawed. It's not the pitching. It wasn't the pitching last year. They don't get clutch hits because they're home run hitters and they either strike out or hit a home run. I understand what you're saying, and I, I, I get your point, and we're not going to stay on this because, like we said, we got a lot to get yeah. to. I will say this, though. It wasn't like they got sweeped, you know, just couldn't get a three-game sweep where they couldn't hit for all three games. If uh, and if that if the guy and I can't I should remember his name if he doesn't turn on that Aroldis Chapman inside fastball at 101 miles an hour who's yep. who's to say the Yankees aren't getting ready for, ready for game one tonight it was that close of a series yep. which again that's where I'll, I'll agree with you to that point when it is that close 
all those little things add up. If you don't use your bullpen properly, which I don't think they did, but that, we don't have to get into that. We'll do that for our, our post game, our post uh, postseason podcast breakdown. Yeah. Um, those little things add up. So all of a sudden, a fastball that nine times out of ten that guy's got a whiff on. Somehow he turns on it and puts it out of the park. That's your season. So. And, I I think, and I'm not going to get on Chapman for that because I was the same guy killing him when Altuve hit a hanging slider as a walk-off home run in the ALCS last year. So That's a great point. I mean, you, never happens, think, you never want to get beat with your second-best pitch. It was a 10-pitch at bat, and you know what? You tip your cap to him. That Chapman said as much after the game, and uh, we got to move on. But, you know, listen, for a long time, the Yankees were spoiled by Mariano Rivera. These relief pitchers are going to get hit, and they did. What are you going to do? And I don't know where the Yankees go from here. You know, they got a lot of salaries. I don't know how, you know, you want to try and get some versatility in the lineup or try and move some guys. With a lot of those contracts, I don't know where you're moving them. So I'm not sure which way the Yankees Well, the thing go. is, they don't have bad – they have Stan, but everyone else, I mean, Judge is not on a big deal. Stan, these guys are on their first deal, so. Yeah, but you're not moving, yeah, but you're not, you're not moving Aaron Judge. Uh, so he's not. sort of out of the equation. No, it's the Gary Sanchez of the types. It's the, Do you want to re-sign right. DJ LeMayhew? Does DJ, what, DJ LeMayhew is two years, $24 million. How much is he going to want now? He's 32 years old. Four. You know what I mean? You're going to give him four years, $65 million right now? If you're the Yankees or someone else, you're going to match that kind of a deal? Because he's going to get something around that. I think you almost have to, but then you have to cut somewhere else. And then I don't know where you, if you can move a guy like a Sanchez, Sanchez or Torres, or I don't know if they want to. So it, they're going to have a like – like I said, we can do this separate after the yep. World Series because we can do this. You and I especially can do this for an hour. Yes. So the other Yankee bummer was uh, Whitey Ford uh, – passed away the chairman of the board edward charles ford passed away guy was the stud pitcher from 1950 through 1965 i think it was yes yep. great 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 pitcher who was on some great teams overshadowed by you know the mantle maris uh type guys but just one of those guys uh someone compared him to maybe a maybe a left-handed greg maddox tom glavin type wasn't an overpowering pitcher but won a lot of games 236 and 106 won 70 percent of his games yeah, and uh, 91 watching a Yankee game. Yeah, and um, really, it's hard to sort of quantify how great he was until you just start looking at some of those numbers. I mean, but you also just look at the fact that, or you remember the fact that he lost some time uh, due to being in the service. Uh, in the two lost years, of Korea. Yeah. He was in Korea, yeah. um, so it was not uncommon. Several World Series with the Yankees, as was the case back in the 50s and early 60s. His, his World Series, now he, he, we're going to go over a minute, uh, in a minute what a run he had in 1661. But career, career numbers in the World Series. And remember back then there was no playoffs. You know, the American League National League champion at the end of the season, World Series. That, that was your playoff. Uh, so he's 10 and 8, 10 wins, 10 losses, uh, an ERA, World Series ERA of 2.71. He did that in four consecutive World Series starts through over 1661. He did this. In 60, he was 2 0 with, with two complete game shutouts with an ERA exactly zero. But Casey Stengel did not pitch him three times. Did not pitch him three times. That was the weird, one of the weirdest World Series, maybe the weirdest World Series in World Series history. The Yankees were a huge favorite over the Pittsburgh Pirates. The Yankees won most of their games by blowouts. The Pirates won their games by you know, one run leads. And, and of course it ended on the famous Bill Mazeroski bottom of the ninth home run yep. in game seven, but he was, and then the next, so the next, so, and he won, he won both the game, both games. He pitched the Yankees. As I said, he won that series and he pitched shutouts in both of them, complete game shutouts yep. in 61, his next two uh, playoff uh, world series games, two and with an ERA of zero. Yeah. Not bad. And he, 
And he all, and then the other thing I, I kind of thought was interesting, you could say his, he maybe had a bad uh, World Series in 63 because he, he was 0-2 in the area of over uh, 4.5. He pitched, he started game one and game four of both those games and lost. Yeah. Uh, the guy who won the Dodgers was Sandy Koufax. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. he was he he was just we can't we all we can do is read about him, but he was an incredible big game pitcher. Thirty three scoreless innings in a row in a World Series, which is a record at the time. Uh, another f- kind of a funny stat about him, and we'll move on after this, but two hundred and forty innings without allowing a stolen base, which I thought was just a funny left handed pitcher, but again, good pickoff move. Uh, 240 innings. Pitchers these days don't throw that many innings in a season. Right, and bases aren't stolen. Like I don't know, if there was as much base stealing, especially in the American League back then. But that's kind of like that's nit, that's sort of nitpicking. That's incredible. Yeah. And he uh, right now he has the for for uh, any pitchers since the dead ball era, since the 20s, he has the third lowest career ERA. And he could theoretically, I guess, finish first because the guys in front of him, Clayton Kershaw and Jacob DeGrom, are still pitching. So if they go up a little bit, I mean, yeah. he could be setting another record. The uh, course, his buddy, him and Mickey Mantle and Billy Martin, best of threat friends, involved in all kinds of off-the-field stuff. You know, the famous Copacabana fight, which yeah. led Billy Martin being traded to Kansas City. Uh, they called it, Him and Mickey Mantle called each other slick because of a reference Casey Stengel made when the two of them were showing up late you know, or been out late the night before. He said, you boys are whiskey slick and, you know, you need to get your act together. So they just started calling each other slick after that. And everyone on the team called them slick. So that was a funny little thing, but. Yeah, they used to, they, they had their good times too. I remember um, speaking of the Yankees, late Jim Bouton and his ball four book rec- rec- uh, recanted a story, recanted, recalled a story about how making the Whitey would treat, Whitey would treat some of the rookies. So apparently Mickey and Whitey invited like Jim Bouton, like Tom Tresh, uh, out to dinner one night when they were both young players. And they thought, this is great. We're going to get with Mickey Mantle and Whitey Ford. And they were in Detroit at the time. So they get in the cab. They give the cab driver the direction. Cab, rider ta- cab driver takes them like this. The worst place area in downtown Detroit. And the, uh, and the address turns out to be like this burned out abandoned building. So, <laughs> just having fun with the rookies. Can't do things like that anymore. No. Uh, yeah. 91, so... God, you know, God bless, long life, but yeah, sad to see, sort of, um, you know. And a New York City guy. One gone. New York City guy from Queens. Pitching Born and from- raised. Yeah, so. Uh, other thing, but real quick, just sports related, before we move on to our entertainment portion of the show, the uh, NBA Finals, Game 6 going on right now, uh, Lakers and Heat. Uh, I haven't watched too much of this. I am hoping it wraps up tonight, though. I'd like to see the Lakers win, but I think we've spent enough time on that. Yeah. So I'm going to take one more time out before we uh, wrap things up. We have a lot to talk about. We want to remember Eddie Van Halen, and then we have uh, three fun birthdays to get to as well. But, Brian, one more commercial read for us. Please, if you can, take it away. Hey, preparing for a fall, fall food haul, remember that Instacart is there for you. If you don't feel like shopping from any place other than your couch or your lazy boy, Instacart.com is there for you. And remember, you can get pumpkin and spice and everything nice delivered straight to your door so you have time to get out there and enjoy that crisp autumn air. If you never signed up for Instacart before, it's never been easier than it is now. Promo codes, I'll check them out all the time. They'll offer, you'll see them when you sign up for the, your account, put the app on your phone. It's awesome. Also, they want to let us let you know that there's a friendly reminder that the promo code SPARKSTORE15, SPARKSTORE15, 
is the promo code to use for first-time customers who, who place an all order with Walmart. And that's right, Walmart. That's because Instacart shops at the stores you know and you love. They find your local stores. They find your preferences. They make it easy. They pack the eggs. They pick the fresh produce. And you don't have to get up off your uh, you-know-what. So get free shipping on your first Instacart order, order of over 35 bucks. Oh, yeah, one more thing. If you go into this week's EDBC podcast, check on this week's episode. When you do, check it out and click on the link for instacart.com. Go there, sign up, get your account, start saving some bucks, and show a little love for our show here. Instacart.com. Sign up, shop, and save. Well done. All right, so sad news this week. You know, this is 2020 has been a crap year for people dying and coronavirus, but just in general, just it's been a, one of those 2020 years we'll be looking back. But Eddie Van Halen passes away at the age of 65 from cancer. I was home in the afternoon when it happened. Um, saw Wolfie, his son's Instagram post, literally seconds after he posted it. And I was just, I texted my best friend, Eric, who's a guitar player and who loves Eddie Van Halen. And he just wrote back, no, and you did the same thing. But um, one of those guys growing up, Ryan, the age we are, who one of our idols, you didn't have to play guitar. Everyone loved Eddie Van Halen. No, you didn't have to, but I tried. And my parents and the, the, the lessons they paid for will uh, can back me up on that. I tried and it was all because of Eddie Van Halen. Yeah, I sat and I was out and I was like running down to our neighborhood store like three minutes away. And I saw that post. Again, it's like a three minute drive from my house. I just sat in the car. For like ten minutes, not moving. I, Eddie, Van Halen, Eddie Van Halen was for me. A lot of guys my age, but like I, I loved Eddie Van Halen. I mean, now I kind of get when people talk about people of an old, older generation. I couldn't relate. I can relate when they said like the day Elvis died. Yeah. When they found out John Lennon had been killed. Yeah. I mean, for me, that it's it's Eddie Van Halen. Yeah. I loved Eddie Van Halen. I took my guitar apart 14 times and tried to like rewire it because Eddie Van Halen did that. I tried to put masking tape on there because I thought it looked cool if I did that. I tried to learn. I wanted to play. I wanted to be Eddie Van Halen after my fourth guitar lesson, which never happened. But this one was just, this one hit really hard. And I kept thinking a few years ago, we had tickets to one of their reunion con or one of their tours that got canceled for a couple of reasons. That might've been health related. The guys weren't getting along. It, I was always in the, under the impression that they'll come back. There'll be huge money to be made. and uh, They'll m- kiss and make up and they'll be ready to go. And they'll do one of those reunion tours and I'll pay $400 for a ticket that my, my wife will be crazy about that. I spent that much, but it'll be worth it to see them at least one more time. And now that's never going to happen. Yeah, it was sad. I mean, I was, uh, I saw them twice. I saw the Sammy Hagar version twice, but it was funny that, you know, when you, when these things happen and, you know, people start posting memories and, you know, a lot of people were sharing a March 1984 concert with David Lee Roth here in, at the old Coliseum with a yep. great set list. If you can go on, it's on YouTube. You can listen to the whole show. Checked it out, yeah. And in 1986, uh, the Sammy Hagar Live Without a Net tour where they called it New Halen instead of New Haven, and they filmed it, and it was a movie. Um, yeah, man, he just was one of those guys. I mean, the, the, the scores that he did for movies – you know, uh, beat it with, uh, he played the lead guitar on that with Michael Jackson, which David Lee Roth did not want him to do. And Eddie did it anyway, and he did it for free. Didn't get a dime. Quincy Jones called him. Quincy Jones produced that album, uh, produced Michael Jackson's Thriller album. Yep. Asked him if he wanted to play. And he's like, sure, why not? And I, I, he said it never occurred to him to ask for money. And I don't think he's lying about that. It's funny, you mentioned the New Haven Coliseum concert. My first time seeing Van Halen was, yeah, the Van Hagar years, where it was that first tour. 
And it was, I remember it was odd because I had the ticket stuff for years. And I think if the dates match up, I, I know it was August of 86. So I think I saw them like two weeks before they came to New Haven up at, uh, at the Cumberland County Civic Center in lovely yeah. Portland, Maine. <laughs> like me and my best friend were like 13 or 14 years old. My mother dropping us off at the, dropping us off and saying, I'll be down parked at the mall, like straight out of like Almost Famous yep. or the episode where Homer drops uh, Bart and Millhouse off at the concert. Straight, same thing, real life. My mother was like, trying to, don't get killed. And just like, yeah. And that was like the first of like seven or eight times I saw them. So Saw them on the OU812 tour at uh, Hartford Civic yep. Center. And then I saw them at the uh, St. Pete at the Tropicana Dome or whatever it's called at the time back in 1991, my freshman year of college with Alice in Chains opening up for them. So it was- uh, The beautiful thing is, as you know, anytime we lose someone like this in that, in that field, like the beautiful thing is, and I know this because I've been blasting it for like every day this week, one or, you know, various amounts of time, the music doesn't go anywhere, man. No, it does not. And you know, whenever people die, obviously they want to make everyone out to a saint, Eddie, was not a saint by far, had some rough off the uh, stage um, alcohol problem, drug problem, uh, did not treat Michael Anthony well, the original bass player in the band. They kicked him out because they wanted more money. Um, no, they had, they had but, some years later on with the Van Halen brothers were acting like real, you know what. Yeah, yeah, Alex and, and, and Eddie not, but again, that's not the time for that, but uh, his music. You know, I turned on WPLR the other day, the morning DJ Chaz and Chaz and AJ came in in the afternoon to do a special show about it. It was fun. Sirius XM has a Van Halen tribute channel, which I've been listening to for the past, you know, what is it, five, six days now. So it's good to reminisce. It brings you back to your childhood. Always good. And uh, again, 65, way too young, but 2020, man, 2020 just keeps throwing junk at us. Ugh. Uh, Saturday Night Live last night, celebrating 45 years, and Jack White played last night and had a little tribute. I don't know if you saw that. Played a couple of notes from Eruption during one of his songs last night, which was a. It literally was about five seconds long, but right away I I jumped off my couch. Wait, is that even Halen he's playing? And it was. Had a little tribute. So you know, all through the music world. But Saturday Night Live it, last night, 45 years, crazy. 45 years, yeah, like a 45-year birthday actually today. So it was uh, October 11th, Saturday, uh, uh, 1975. My daughter uh, asked me today, we were watching the Jack White on, on the DVR this morning, and she said about Saturday Night Live, why is it so popular? And it was an interesting question from a 12-year-old. Right now I could go like, I'd go like, well, given the current state of it, I don't know. Um, I'm not sure. Political, so, I think yeah. the political aspect of it. You know, they're a little miss. Musical yeah. guests, but you know, I just told her that you know some really funny people work there. Celebrities like to host it, and they've had great musical acts. And you know, some years are bad, some years are good, but for the most part, what a run! But there, there was there was nothing else like it. There's nothing even close like it. It was still like you know, we were coming off. You know, our, our parents could talk about it better. People generate a little generation ahead of us. It was Johnny Carson, Jack Parr, you know, Lawrence. It was not you know there was nothing for the younger, nothing for the college kids, nothing. Uh -huh. I can remember as a kid, my parents saying that they looked, they would have, you know, to have company over on a Saturday night, you'd play cards or whatever, wait for Santa Life, come on and watch Belushi do, Belushi do, you know, cheeseburger, cheeseburger, and all those bits that, you know, we may see them now and not think that they're that funny. But back then in 77, 78, it was cutting edge. It was the top of the world, you know. Friggin' groundbreaking. So yeah. you have 45 years. All right. So we talk about that, the birth of Saturday Night Live, but you've got three birthdays, which one of them is strange. Uh, what a coincidence that it happens to be this week. We'll get into that in a second. But three of them hit me. Yeah, it is strange, man. It's kind of weird. Uh, yeah, so I, I like these three. Um, 
just a, a little couple from music, couple from the world of comedy and rock, or comedy, rock and roll combined because crazy lifestyle. So yeah, Daryl Hall of Hall and Oates, the Hall in Hall and Oates. You know, they had grown, I think of them of uh, kind of like Van Halen with MTV growing up. Hall and Oates was on all the time. Always had great videos, private eyes and all that other stuff. Ton of hits. I, I mean, I would never go see them in concert, but I know friends of mine that have and said like, you're basically the whole show, you know, every song, you know, uh, Daryl Hall is probably about 65, 66. Uh, you're way off on this one. Daryl Hall is 74. Whoa, no way. Wow. I never, I would have guessed he was Eddie Van Halen's age, to be honest with you. No. And I, I actually, and I asked, I, I never have, like, I actually, especially when I was a kid, I kind of liked early 80s Hall Notes. Oh, I, we all did. Absolutely. I've always wanted to, I've always like kind of wanted to see them in concert because I heard the same thing. Like, you won't, if you liked them, you won't be bored. Yeah. I'd see those guys. No. Uh, they're still crooning. Uh, Daryl Hall lives uh, right over the line uh, in, uh, I think it's in Dutchess County. Yep. Showing a few years ago where he had people come over to his house and they would just, you know, various musicians from all music, right. musical walks of life. And they would just like have a meal and then they would uh, play yeah. in his barn and they put, it was a show. Yeah. It was kind of cool. So yeah, Daryl Hall's 74 and still doing the uh, the rock and roll and the, the blues thing. So good for him. Yeah, I drove by that a couple uh, couple years ago. My kid, my kids had a hockey game up that neck of the woods. I forget the name of the school. But anyway, we drove by them. It's just a little, like, little looks like in a strip mall on the side of the road and, you know, and, and right over the border of New York, as you mentioned. So uh, the other birthday we were talking about is, speaking of Van Halen. Yeah, uh, long, the original singer, longtime lead singer of Van Halen, uh, David Lee Roth. Diamond Dave. Diamond Dave. Who had a, you know, it was funny, my kids asked me this too. Why did he leave Van Halen? Well, because he had a huge ego and wanted to prove that he could do it on himself and he didn't need those guys. And Eddie and Alex were sick of him. So there was a, Mutual, you know, fu fu. Uh, David Lee Roth, you know, I, 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 man, when he sent me this, I wanted to look it up so bad because it was bothering me. I don't know how old he is. I, I don't know, man. I, sixty-seven. Very close. Sixty-six. Yeah. So I figured he had to be around the same age as Edward and Alex and the rest of the guys. But yeah, you know, love David. I saw him on the solo tour. I saw him on the skyscraper tour. I think it was at the Hartford Civic Center. All those. He had a lot of hits on as a, with Van Halen and as a solo artist, too, and then got back together with them. But David Lee Roth, one of the great frontmen in rock and roll. The first version with, with, with the, the original Van Halen, the 1978 to 84 Van Halen, the best Van Halen. Yeah, my first Van Halen album, I think, I, and I tweeted this, was Diver Down. Yep. It was ironically a, a, an album full of cover songs. I mean, you know, mostly. Yeah. Well, again, we could do this all night because I know all this stupid trivia. Yeah, they went out and tore, tore successful. Oh, no, they, they made a cover, Pretty Woman by Roy Orbison, did well. The record company's like, this is great. It's, tra it's the single, you know, it's, it's tracking. It's some traction. We need an album. And they're like, we don't have an album. We don't have anything. So they went and just did like seven covers and five slapped together original tunes and still sold pretty well. Um, quickly on this, though, a great story this week after Eddie passed about how their original producer, Ted Templeman, who a uh, famous producer in rock and music history, when he first saw Van Halen, he loved Eddie. He thought the band was incredible, but he wasn't sure they would be able to do anything with David Lee Roth because David Lee Roth was such a bad singer. Yep. He realized that, hey, man, it's rock and roll. Sometimes singing is secondary. He had the look. He had the vibe. They had an incredible energy. Like, yeah, like, as I said on Twitter this week, when you saw Van Halen in concert, like the first opening number when they came out, 
I mean, the only way I, I can, like, the best way I think describe it is this. It's like a 747 taking off in your driveway, except it's louder. Yep. So, anyway, yeah, happy birthday, DLR. I know it's a crappy one for, uh, you know, probably for him and all that were close to Ed this week. So go to YouTube, yeah. go to YouTube and watch some old Van Halen. It's worth a watch. Absolutely. It bring, you know, wake up the kids. It's, it's, the whole family will enjoy it. We, I'm not going to lie to you. We watched some YouTube this week. We watched Running with the Devil, which the, the video is awful. But if you get it, it is so nice. Oh, my God. Well, try and re- if you Google the video for Oh Pretty Woman, it's the worst video that's e- that was ever made. Yeah. It's in such poor taste. That MTV did, not show that one, did not show that one to the kids, by the way. Yeah, MTV, it just, just, it's hilarious. It's awful. It was banned by MTV. I'll leave it at that. And yeah, I did the same thing with the kids who played some Unchained from their uh, 1981 tour. Even the seven-year-old and the nine-year-old loved it. A little bit more of the seven-year-old because she, she actually is more, like she likes to physically like rock out and start slamming her head against stuff and like moving and doing the guitar thing. I'm very proud of her. Yeah. Very proud of her. Uh, and say so you, last thing on Van Halen and David Lee Roth. Uh, so, you know, Eddie wrote right now the same time he wrote Jump, and it just sat on the shelf for 15 years. Oh, I believe it. Yeah, sat on the he shelf. He had like he had to like twist arms to get uh, DLR and the producer to let him put Jump on the 1984 album because you know David Lee Roth's famous quote about that song was it turned out to be their biggest song up to that point. You know, huge MTV hit was yeah. like DLR's famous quote was, "Hey man, you're a guitar here. Nobody wants to see you play keyboards." Yep. How Wrong. Wrong. All right. Last birthday as we're running out of time here is someone who's been uh, off social media for a while and I hope he's all right. But um, former big time comedian who's had his share of issues, substance abuse problems, but go ahead and take away the last one. Yeah. Uh, he certainly has had some issues and some problems and I'm glad he's still with us quite frankly and hope he hangs on for a little while, you know, for a while longer. You know, for- Although it is 2020. So you never know. You never know. Do, Artie be safe, please. Art, just, just stay inside. Yeah. Socially distance and stay inside. Artie Lang has a birthday this week. 55. 53. All right. Yeah, he has not been on social media. I follow him on Twitter, but I have not seen anything. He's been quiet lately, so I hope he's all right. Well-known, well-documented problems and uh, made his uh, fame with Howard Stern for a long time. Also was in some good movies. but Yeah, did, like, did a lot of stuff with Norm MacDonald, who I love, yeah. Norm, and yeah. So, but hopefully, dude, stay around for a couple more decades. Hopefully it gets better. Tell some great Bob Euchre stories, too, if you go to the YouTube and Artie Lang and Bob Euchre. Look that one up, too. Oh, those are great. Eric, you speak the truth. All right, man. We had a lot to cover. and We've managed to get through it all as we uh, wrap up another edition of the EDBC podcast. Next week, we'll uh, have more NFL. We'll be approaching a World Series, and maybe there'll be an NBA champ, and we'll see what else has happened in the world. Uh, hopefully, no one else passes away from anywhere. That's yeah, all. Stay safe, please, everybody. Mask up, social distance, wash your hands. Don't touch anything. Don't touch anybody. Where can we get the podcast, Brian? Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Apple, Apple Music, Spotify. Oh, and guess what? Now we are on Amazon Music. Amazon Music just launched a couple of weeks ago. You got an Amazon Music subscription. We are on Amazon Music. So if you can, if there's a podcast, you, a place that you go to, likely we're there. So don't forget to tell your family and tell your friends. Apple Music, Spotify, all that stuff. All right, that, that'll wrap it up for this edition of the EDBC Podcast. Eric Dobratz and Brian Coleman. Until next time, Brian, say goodbye. See you.